Hey guys, this is the C3 Church Malmo podcast. I am believing God will speak to you today and that a greater level of faith will be unlocked in your life. For more information about C3 Church, go to c3malmo.se. God bless. Hi everybody. Thank you for joining us online. And uh, yeah, wow. What a continual changing situation we find ourselves in as a church. It's unprecedented. And uh, I got to tell you, though, that my faith is challenged in a good way. I'm excited. Uh, We meet as teams and leaders and pray and seek God. And we have wise counsel and people that are with us and encouraging us and equipping us as well as a church. And so I'm, I'm, as we head towards Christmas and and over the, the boundary of the year into new year, I am so optimistic about what God is doing and will continue to do in our church. And so can I encourage you to stay, as Matthew said, stay connected, stay relational, continue to give, continue to give to the, the financial strength of this church. And I just know that we will continue to prosper as a church and come through this COVID season, this COVID period, stronger than we've ever been. So I am thoroughly excited about this series as all as well. God's love, my experience. Thank you to Addie, Amy, and Christelle for sharing. I thought, look, let's just get a few more people up as we wrap up the series because this is a very practical um, topic. The whole point is not just to talk about the love that God is. He says, I am love, but to actually hear tangible, recognizable, relatable stories from others in our congregation. And so I want to finish off today I want to touch back on the passage I started with out of Ephesians 3. I want to hit on two key little phrases that I can guarantee it when you read this passage you miss because I have missed it many times myself. Let's just reread Ephesians 3, 17 to 18. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. You see, we always have a responsibility in our relationship with God. As we trust in him, he will make his home in our hearts. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. I've got to tell you, in a world that is absolutely chaotic right now, with the US election, with all the, the rise of tensions in the superpowers around the world, the climate situation, the wars and rumours of wars and all the different things going on around the world, it is a great sense of chaos. And I need to know that my roots grow deep down into God's love where I can maintain my strength. And may you have the power to understand, as God's, all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, how deep his love really is. There was a a a Bible college class of 120 students. And the professor asked those 120 students. Now, those 120 students were were being equipped for pastoral ministry. And he asked a simple but yet profound question. And this question is kind of the red thread through this entire series. And I'm asking you today, as he asked those 120 students, Bible college students, he said, Do you believe God loves you? Do you believe God loves you? And if you have any hesitation, any 
question in your heart and your response to that question, then I would suggest to you there's an area of your walk with the Lord that needs some growth in. And I want to encourage you in that growth today because out of 120 Bible college students being prepared for ministry, only two responded with an absolute yes. The rest had answers like, I know I'm supposed to say yes, but I know the Bible says he loves me, but I don't feel it. Christelle touched on that beautifully. I'm not sure I believe it. I've got to tell you, if you've been brought up in the church for any period when you were a youngster, you would have sung things like, Jesus loves me, this I know, because the Bible told me so. And I know I, I used to sing that as a young kid in, in, uh, in uh, kids' church in Sunday school. And I, I look at that, and that's such a familiar little, little line out of a song. Jesus loves me, this I know, because the Bible tells me so. And I, I, I kind of read that, and I go, but there's so much more than the Bible tells me so. There's an experience that the Bible tells me I can have. John Edwards a great theologian said with this, this picture, this analogy, he said, there is a difference between having a rational judgment that honey is sweet and having a sense of its sweetness. You can know honey is sweet because someone tells you, but you don't really know its sweetness until you've tasted it. I think for many of us, we've experienced the salvation of Christ. We had an encounter at a profound moment in our lives where Christ chased us down by his mercy and grace and set us right and justified us and redeemed us by his blood at Calvary. We had a moment in our lives that marks a line in history for our lives, the greatest turning point ever in our lives, the point of salvation. But I've got to tell you that that point of salvation is an access point. It's not the end, it's not the climax, it's the access point into greater things in God, into a greater measure of understanding of his love. And Paul, it's just absolutely phenomenal around this aspect of God's love. He, he talks about the incomprehensible aspect of comprehending God's love, that it's, it's, it's so vast, it's so deep, it's so wide, it's so high that it's impossible for one person to fully comprehend the vastness. It's a remarkable, bold prayer that he prays for us. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. He's praying for you and me for this one thing, that we would be grounded in his love, that it would have strength that would have strength. Some translations say power. That we would have the power, the strength to understand this kind of love with all the saints and regarding the breadth, the length, the height and the depth. You know, if I was praying a prayer for you to understand God's love, I think I would have prayed it somewhere along the lines that your eyes would be opened that you would get a revealing, a revelation into the depths of the feelings that God has for you, that there'll be a wisdom that, that like the light turns on for you, that you understand now that God loves you so much. 
that's how I would probably pray for you in this regard. But Paul, he says that you would have the strength to understand. That's not a word I would use. And so that says to me that Paul is trying to communicate a different kind of love. A love that you and I have never experienced before in our lives. Can I put it this way? The love that you experienced as an infant by your parents, the love that you experienced in the context of your family, the love that you experienced as a teenager when you got infatuated with that beautiful cute girl or cute boy in your classroom and you thought that that was love because that's all you could ever think about. The love that when you found Mr. Wright and Mrs. Wright, the love that totally consumed you with that other person that no matter what was happening in your world, it didn't matter because all that matters is this overwhelming sense of emotion and affection and love that I have for this other person who I am about to marry. Can I say to you right now, all of those experiences of love do not measure a thing compared to the love that the Father has for you today. You have not experienced the greatness, the breadth, the depth and the height of the love that Paul is trying to communicate to us today. You can't judge it against our experience. And he's saying, but hey, there is a new experience for us. It may seem incomprehensible, but it's right there for us to experience. He says, may you have strength to comprehend with all the saints. And something I pick up here, these are the two phrases I'm I'm focusing on today, that you would have the strength and it's with all the saints. And what I've come to realize is that I can't experience the breadth, the depth, the width and the height of this love without others. So much of what we have, God has for me, is in relationship to everybody else. What God has for me is not isolated to me in a cave. It is in the context of the body of Christ. So just imagine, um, one of the things I want to see develop in my life over the coming months and years is my creative side, and I have quite a large creative side, and my wife is desperately frustrated that I've done nothing with or very little with it. And there's, I have folders in my phone of ideas and things I want to get into, but I recognise I've got to have the emotional space and the physical space and the time to do it, but it's an aspiration. It's one of the goals I want to dive into one day, and it got me thinking that maybe I would go to an art class or something, or I'd go to a a class that Sam Marie puts on for would-be artists and there would be a figure sitting on a stool in the centre of the classroom up against the, the, the wall and that's, that's the figure we are painting and everybody's got their easel, the canvas on the tripod and we're spread out around the room from like a semicircle all the way around the room and we have our canvas and we've got our sketching pencils and we've got our paints and we're supposed to paint the figure in the middle of the room. We're supposed to paint 
a particular angle of light and reflection of the figure in the room. And so the teacher walks around to each of the different students and looks at their canvas and looks at the the figure and sees, does that line up? Is that person painting the figure from their perspective? And what I realise is everybody's painting the figure in the middle of the room from their perspective. I, from my canvas, do not have a total perspective of the figure in the room. From my perspective, I'm sitting like at 45 degrees. I'm seeing the, the, the profile, the side of the face, the shoulder, the, arm, the side of the arm and the, the torso sitting down on the, on the stool. The person to the left of me, two metres up, social distancing, he's got a different perspective again. But our perspectives overlap. And so for me to take my canvas and put it on the wall and say, this is the figure in the centre of the room, would be incorrect. We would all have to put our canvases on the wall to get a full appreciation of the figure in the middle of the room. From the perspective of the person on the far left, from the perspective of the person on the far right. This is what it is when he says that you will have strength to comprehend with all the saints. It is all of us bringing our experience of God together that brings up a total experience of God's love. We bring our part and add it to the body of Christ. That when we rejoice with people, we rejoice with the experience of God's love of celebration and we bring that to the party and we add that to the anointing in the room of of love and and celebration. Samely, with mourning, with difficulty, with overwhelming challenge. And if you haven't had it yet, the opportunity will come sometime. When we face particularly difficult seasons of our lives, our human pride and nature is to withdraw. But God has wired us to be connected. Because you know what? Most of us have never navigated truly difficult times and we need other people who have, who have navigated particularly painful times and have pressed into God and received that flow of love into them that comforts them, that says, I see you in your pain. I know the pain that you're going through because I saw Jesus on the cross who gave himself up. He was betrayed. He was lied about. He was... He was rejected. The people that said they loved him, celebrated him, put palm branches on the road, danced before him, turned their back on him. Have you ever navigated the love of God in the midst of pain? If you have, bring it to the table because there's a person in the room that is in pain and they need your revelation to help them navigate that pain in God's love. We can all bring our canvas of God's love to the table to make up the whole picture so together we can comprehend the incomprehensible of God's love, the vastness and the depth of his love. So don't misunderstand me when I interpret 
Paul's passage here where he says, may you have the strength to understand. Because here in Romans 5, the second part of verse 5, 5b, God's love has been poured into your hearts. God's love has been poured into your hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given to you. This is where again and again and again, God sets us up to win. He knows we can't do it in our own strength. He knows I can't, just my nature keeps tripping me up. My attitude keeps tripping me up. I need this Holy Spirit. May you know the strength, some translations say power to understand. I believe we get this power from the Holy Spirit who we see in Romans says has been poured into our hearts that we would understand his love. You see, it's not by my might or my strength that I will gain revelation of the Father's overwhelming love for me. It's not by my determination. It's not by my doing. It is the work of God and his Holy Spirit in my life. It's a miraculous supernatural act. It's the Holy Spirit and his wonderful, gentle power bringing revelation. Just like Peter got the revelation of who Jesus Christ was when everybody else was just guessing. The revelation that we got of Jesus Christ coming into our life at the point of salvation. The same revelation of God's love can switch on just like that as the Holy Spirit works in our hearts and works in our lives. Being poured into our hearts. This love has been poured into our loves, into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. So let me just finish with this thought. Paul prays this remarkable prayer to us, for us, about God's love. Paul prays this remarkably bold prayer. And as I started this series, I, I find when I, when I read about this kind of love, it, I, I can allow myself to be intimidated by it. I can allow myself to be frustrated by it because I, I, I see such a high standard that he's calling us to. I can feel overwhelmed so much that it can cause complacency in my heart. Do you feel that? Too hard, box? Don't bother, box? But right here... Paul is saying it is the Holy Spirit that allows that love to be recognized in our hearts. It's the Holy Spirit that brings the comforter in the context of love into your life in a moment of hurting. It's the Holy Spirit that brings revelation. And Paul prays this in remarkably bold prayer for you and me. My goodness. And so I thought, let's make a prayer for all of us. Let's, let's create a prayer that we can pray Every single day. Let's make a prayer that you can make your own version of it. You can make seven different versions of it that you can pray every day when you sit and read the passages and the scriptures on love. It goes like this. Father, by your supernatural involvement of your Holy Spirit, direct my heart into your love. Direct my heart. You as I make myself available, as I humble myself, as I meditate on your word, 
Father, by your Holy Spirit's strength and power, enable me, direct my heart into your love that I may be rooted, grounded in the storms of this world, the frustrations of this week, the challenges that I face in my marriage, in my children, in my finances, in my career, and know God's love in every single context in our lives. Father, by your supernatural involvement of the Holy Spirit, direct my heart into your love. Do you have a holy discontent? Do you feel like, yes, I've received salvation. I understand I'm redeemed, justified. I understand I've been given the Holy Spirit. But are you satisfied? Have you got a holy discontent? I hope you do. I hope this series has awoken a discontent in your heart that what you have is not enough. I've got to tell you, with our wonderful church and the context of COVID and the challenges we face in our society today, I have a holy discontent. There's a, there's a discontent that drives my spirit to greater things in God for this church. Can I ask you to join us and allow your faith to rise for your church, for your congregation, for your community, your faith in these times? That we don't settle in complacency and that one day this will pass like a, a windstorm finishing off. But that we rise in faith because we have a holy discontent. We're not satisfied with how things are. There's greater things for us, Paul says. We live in a culture that's just so quickly changing to the next thing. Been there, done that. Been there, done that. We're so superficial, we're just skimming across the surface. Life can be so busy. Been there, done that. That's not how it works in our relationship with God. Paul is challenging us. There's so much more. And when you start to find that more, which is completely on the table before you, you'll be grounded and the roots of your life will go so deep into the soil of his love Nothing will rock your world. You will find joy in the midst of suffering. You'll find healing where there's brokenness. You will have an overflow in your life where others will see Christ and his love. Can I encourage you today? Can I encourage you today to pray this prayer with me? Write it down. Put it in your devotional Bible. Make a note, put it in your phone, put it on your screen. Father, Father, direct me. Direct my heart into your love. Direct my heart into your love. Don't settle for a faith in which you cannot feel the love of God and the patience of Christ. Don't settle for a faith that's safe. But harness that strength of the Holy Spirit and press into God. Because there is a love there waiting for you that will overwhelm you. Holy Spirit, come. Let's just pray. Let's just take a moment.
if you've got the opportunity in your lounge room or your office or wherever you are right now, just put your hand on your heart. Father, direct my heart into your love. Father, direct. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. By your Holy Spirit poured out. You poured out your love into my heart by your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Direct my heart into his love. I surrender to you. I welcome you. I I, I want to take steps towards you. I, I feel like my faith has become complacent. I feel like I've stopped longing for more. I feel like there is not a discontent in me, but yet I want to have a discontent. And today, Lord, I want to awaken more of your love in my heart and my life and my marriage and my finances and my children, my career. In Jesus' mighty name. We thank you, Lord, Father. We thank you, Lord and Father. We thank you, Holy Spirit. We love being your children. We love being your kids. And we just are so blown away by your generosity. The generosity of your heart that sent Jesus You gave him up because of love. You created an access point of salvation. Salvation is not the conclusion, it's the introduction to so much more. As we read further on in Ephesians 3, beyond 17 and 18, we get to 20 and we talk about the love that God has for us expressed at a whole new level. And he says, the dreams you think you have are nothing compared to the ones I have for you. I have your best life in mind if you would just know me and my love for you. And so, Lord, we thank you for this coming week. We ask by your Holy Spirit you would guide us as a church, that you would tie us together and keep us knitted together by your Holy Spirit relationally, that we would give generously to each other and to your body, Lord, in Jesus' name. But Lord, I pray by your Holy Spirit, you would lead us into the Father's love this week. In Jesus' name, amen.